Driving that coach. 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 Dropping that coach. And we're so we got that. I don't give a damn if we're on there right now. I'm testing my eyes. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. And I'm AJ. And we're here with another edition of Dropping That Culture, quarantine edition. Uh, uh, looks like that's been our MO for the last few weeks, but you know, that's pretty much the world's MO for the last few weeks. We really have no choice in the matter. I mean, uh, what I'm hearing, man, we got four more weeks of it. LA's locked down to the 15th of May. Yay. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. It's so fucking ridiculous. I try not to get into this shit, especially over here, because this is an outlet for fun and for you know, us being able to express ourselves. But God damn it. It's just ridiculous. Well, the good news is they're going to be completely out of content by the time this is done, and we're going to need to go out and make some new stuff. So good time <laughs> to be in the content business. We're going to be busy. Exactly. Uh, you want something new? I got something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of something new, I started uh, started finally getting some videos out with U.S. Hooker. So we're uh, we're teaching people the U.S. well the U.S. Hooker way of learning rugby anyway. Nice man. And uh, same thing here. I'm getting a lot of hits, particularly on uh, Belsaverse. Uh, a lot of people are watching our shit, man. I'm, yeah, I'm good. really digging it. So. Again, as always, shout out to our friends in Michigan. I I don't know what it is, but Wolverines or the Spartans, maybe both of them. They love us. <laughs> Either way, we love you guys, man. Continue to support us, man. We really appreciate it. We really do. Same thing with Bama and California. Those are like our strongest states. You know, so. Yeah, you know, definitely. But to, even to everybody else who's watching, hey, thank you so much for indulging us because of the fact that you, know, you don't have to watch us at all. Hey, to, uh, to the couple of folks we had pop up from uh, Deutschland last, uh, last go around from Germany. Hello. Yeah, welcome. Yes. Guten Tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was actually gonna say that to you. I'm actually learning. I'm trying to learn Spanish since I'm quarantined. <laughs> I just want to learn a new language. Yeah, I'm actually gonna start on uh, on Mandarin. Yeah, there's this dope site, uh, Duolingo, where you can do it online. I'm doing it like uh, doing little, little periods at work and shit. So learning Spanish phrases and you know being able to read Spanish, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's actually, it's actually pretty cool. So. You know what? Make the best out of it. Come out with a new skill. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, so let's go ahead and drop into this thing, man. So let's start off with a, a favorite of the show, Seven Degrees Eddie Murphy, which I can uh, connect any major American film star to the great Eddie Murphy within seven movies. And, of course, I see him smiling, so yeah, I got to do the intro. <laughs> 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 love it it was actually easy today because I had a lot of hot tea today. you know what I'm uh, I'm actually going to turn that into a ringtone at some point the, the, but just the, the, that's going to be you when you call me it's going to be the Eddie Murphy song I'm down just let me know <laughs> you probably can just take it from one of these other clips that I've already done already but I want to I want to get a good recording so it'll be next time we work on uh, one of the commercials or something together oh, of course I'll do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what names you got for me tonight, man? 
Well, uh, a name that's going to mean something to the two of us and probably not much to anyone else, but he is actually been in that in films. Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher. I think I might have you on that one. No, actually, you do not. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. I think I know how you're going to get there, too. <laughs> uh, well, Peter Gallagher was the bad guy in Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler was in Coneheads with Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd was in Trading Places. Yeah, I thought you were going to go there through uh, Samuel Jackson. Oh, yeah, that too. But I, th- this was the first one that popped up. The guys, right? Was it, it was called The Other Guys or was it called? No, it was The Other Guys. The, the Other Guys, yeah. Yeah. But like, the, but Mr. D's is the first one to pop in my head. So we just said Peter Gallagher. Which is why I'm not going to even mention Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, no. Go, go, yeah, go somebody else. All right, so that's Peter Gallagher. Who's next? Well, mm-hmm. I, 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 well, I don't know. I, I was going to say David Spade. I feel like that's a... You know what? I'll go with David Spade. It's going to be a short trip. We'll go with David Spade. That's super short. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to go the traditional route because I could have. I could do it with Coneheads again, but I want to. I want to try something else. I can. I can do it through like Tommy Boy, but I'm, I'm going to try something else. Um, David Spade was in Senseless with Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans was in Norbit with Eddie Murphy because these are two movies that probably nobody will ever see again: Senseless and Norbit. That's okay. Yeah, it is okay. All right. Uh, I was watching Scream with my wife, so I have to go with Nev Campbell. I did it. I did this already through Jada Pinkett. You did Nev Campbell? Well, 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 I'll do it again. Jada Pinkett. Nev Campbell was in Scream 2 with Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett was in another. I guess we did do Nev Campbell. We've done Nev Campbell before. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was just me being bad. Did we do Meryl Streep? We haven't done Meryl Streep, have we? No, we have not. Actually, you know what? Let's do that. Meryl Streep. One of the best actresses ever. <sighs> yes. Uh, Meryl Streep was in... Let's see if I can find it. Good. One of my takes some time. Yeah. No, one of my takes some time. Ah! Got it. Meryl Streep was in... Yeah, you am going to go this route. Meryl Streep was in Death Becomes Her with Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn was in Wildcats with Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes was in Dolomite Is My Name with Eddie Murphy. All right, so for the honorable mention, director, but he has been on uh, several films. Okay, right, right. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner? Carl Reiner. Shit. And the legend, the director, and also guest star in the great film, The Jerk. That's right. He wasn't a jerk. Okay, you know what? Let's do it that round. Well, no. You know what? Let's not do Carl Reiner. I can't do Carl Reiner. But I want to do something with a little bit little elongated because I can do Carl Reiner through Steve Martin. Remember? Uh, Carl, okay, Carl Reiner was in the jerk with Steve Martin. Steve Martin was in both ends with Eddie Murphy. It's too easy. Let's try another one. See, and I thought I was going to get you on that one, which I almost uh, you remember Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, Steve Martin was in the jerk. Yeah, Steve. Well, I know Steve Martin was in the jerk, but I mean, when I said Carl before I brought up the jerk, I could see it in your face. You're like, hmm. All right, let's do a yeah, second. I, 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 I did that because of the fact I was like, I know I, I know the route he wants me to go. But I was like, why didn't you just do okay, whatever. You know what, fine. <laughs> let's do this time. We'll do Rob Reiner, Mr. Meathead. Rob Reiner. Okay, cool. Uh doing more work. No, 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 actually not. Ah, got it. Rob Reiner, 
I, I actually I can do it with the spinal tap, but I'm gonna do it another way. Rod Reiner was in Ed TV with Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey was in uh, Fool's Gold with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart was in Meet David Eddie Murphy. Stephen Queen. We've done that before. We did Steve? Yes, we did. Because we did it through Bullet. I remember that. Did we do we haven't done uh, we haven't done um, Eastwood yet, have we? We've done Clint Eastwood? Yes, we have. We did Clint Eastwood too? Shit, yes, man, I'll sit down and make up make up my notes again to double check. I don't remember doing both of those guys. We've done Eastwood. It was one of the earlier shows, but we did Eastwood. Come on, man. There's so many other people out there. Come on, you can think of somebody. We did Jack Nicholson too, didn't we? I know we did Jack. I know, we did yeah. Jack on Jack's show. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, come on. You're such a, come on, you're an encyclopedia, son. I know, but I'm trying to get one that's going to throw you, throw you, you know, off a little bit here. Like, if I do one of the, any of the Wands brothers, you're there in two, so there's no point in even going through the Wands list. Yeah, like D D. In fact, while you do that, I'll play the Jeopardy music for those watching. I'm not done. <laughs> uh, what was the name? I'm sorry. Ryan Gosling. I don't think we did Ryan Gosling. Okay, so Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, and that's going to be a tough one because he's almost exclusively an indie actor. No. Actually, super easy. Ryan Gosling was in The Notebook with James Garner. James Garner was in The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy. He never even had a scene with James. He's in that movie. <laughs> I know, but it's like it barely got Dude. He's in that movie. Come on. A lot easier. Let me, come on. You know, I got it. Dude. Come on. Don't be like that. Fine. You can have it this week. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I'm right, motherfucker. You know it. Andy Moore. <laughs> I will never do that anymore. We'll never want to do Andy Moore again. Asshole! <laughs> you just want to do that just to hurt. You know, you doing that just to hurt me. That's what it is. That's that's not cool. I'm just keeping you grounded. Bullshit. <laughs> that's pride talk. <laughs> you asshole. Look, I get it so rarely. I just got to go with it when I get it, man. <laughs> that was a spiteful fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, so we got those names down. Right, so that's that was <laughs> that was seven. That was, yeah, we we got them down as well. Okay, so that was seven degrees of Eddie Murphy. One more time with the outro. Yeah, I appreciate it. That was well Thank you. All right, so let's go ahead and knock out to our next segment. WWBS. What would Busey say? Uh, well, I do an improvised rant as the great Gary Busey. Now, what is uh, Gary ranting about this? <laughs> You're right, AJ? Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about cats. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I do it last week? Yeah, I know, but that's why. Yeah. I <laughs> 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 well, the holes in the cats, it was just too much. Thank you. 
All right, so what you got with me this week, man? Um, I'd kind of kind of like to have a, a little bit of an insight into Gary's feeling about cupcakes versus regular cakes. I think there could be some interesting okay. <clears throat> processes there. I mean, are there cakes right. from you know little people or children or what's going on? All right. <sighs> cupcakes versus regular cakes. <laughs> well, let's just see here. Now it's like that's like asking a person, what do you want to be killed with? Goddamn pistol or a fucking shotgun. Either way, it gets the job done. I love both cupcakes and uh, regular cakes. Now, let me give you a little example of what the situation would be where it requires cupcakes. Let's say I just got fresh out of jail. I might be in a minor assault charge, some sort of fraud. I don't know. Either way, not a lot of time to plan a party. So, what you do, go to the store. Get yourself some cupcakes. Now, me and per- personally, I enjoy the ones for sprinkles. You know, sprinkles, some something about sprinkles just gets the gets the endorphins going, man. I really love some sprinkles. Yeah. <laughs> then what we do, we get some sprinkles, then we get a thing, a giant thing of scotch, and then we just go fuck nuts. Got cupcakes and scotch and all those shit. Next thing you know, you end up in another goddamn situation where you end up going to jail again. You have to do all cupcakes and scotch. Now, regular cakes. Oh, that's a felony right there. Just getting out of jail for a felony. That's like damn near murder. I actually had one incident a couple years back where I traveled with Rip Torn to this uh, honky-tonk bar just outside of uh, Escondido, California. Well, anyway, uh, we were in there and just sitting there chilling. They said, you know, some guys giving us, you know, the eye, you know. So, you know, we're in some goddamn fight, you know. Bottles being broken over somebody's head. I bit a guy in a fucking nard. Uh, fucking next thing you know, uh, somebody brings out goddamn cutlery and they got fucking knives and shit. It looks like the fucking scene from Beat It. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's with the knives and shit. It was fucking crazy, man. Next thing you know, blood everywhere. You're in jail. Give me your damn statement again. Now, when you get out, you want to go to the store, get yourself a nice big cake, man. Nice big. I'm an angel food kind of guy. Not a real angel, but I love me some angel food, man. Oh, yeah. Eat some angel food, man. Pop some peyote and just let the imagination flow, man. It's fucking amazing. You ever have fucking cake on peyote, dude? It's like you taste every goddamn ingredient. It's fucking nuts, man. You feel it all. It all goes into your system, and next thing you know, you're more at one with the universe than you even realize, man. Ever. Cakes. Cupcakes. Jack blood. How's that, man? back to the <laughs> hey, peyote, peyote and cake, man. Peyote cake felonies. There, that's I mean, covers it. That is terrible. Peyote, peyote and cake felonies. That's a bad name. That's a really that'd be a really dope band name. <laughs> it would actually be pretty pretty damn good. Pretty <laughs> damn good band name. <laughs> we want to sell it to the right buyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peyote and regular cake felonies. <laughs> All right, that's been what BC says. 
What would makes about as much, makes about as much sense as fucking nine inch nails or some of the other or Rage Against the Machine. I mean, some of those have a little more sense to them, but yeah, I mean, they can, you can get like I, I, I don't even know what the hell Blink One Eighty Two is supposed to be. They yeah, only have regular cake felonies. The new band name. Yeah. How about when they call it Cake? Just the band Cake. In, there's already a band Cake, right? No, oh, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like you talk about weird ass band names. It's like, well, okay, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying Cake. Or tool, yeah. Whatever. What's the other shit? What was the shit from the nineties? Guar. <laughs> it's so many bad band names in the nineties. <laughs> but they were a particularly bad band. You the best, the best nineties band that actually came out in the two thousands. You don't know? What's Dude, up? Rat Mouse. Which one? Rat Mouse. Mouse Rat. It's it's called it's called Rat Mouse without Andy Dwyer, and he's obviously not coming back. He's moved on. I prefer Mouse Rat with Andy Dwyer. They suck without they suck without him. Didn't you, didn't you hear? The, I'm sure you know that episode, right? Yeah, I do. They have the back and forth on that one. Yeah. <laughs> actually called Rat Mouse without me, and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> We are in the pit. You are in the pit. We are fell in the pit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So let's Oh yeah. You gonna make me cry. And once we all say goodbye, you take the rock and you learn to fly. Bye, bye, little Sebastian. We missed you as you fly. Special. Shout out to Chris Pratt. That's some of the funniest shit. You're 5,000 candles in the wind. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. You gotta, it's got to be like a candle in the wind, but 5,000 times, 5, times better. So this is called 5,000 candles in the wind. <laughs> you write a song, a song about April for April, and he calls it October or something, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> Or August, it's like oh uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so stupid, man. I have the best wife ever. We're totally gonna do it later. <laughs> uh, I love that guy. All right, yeah, but- we'll take a weird turn from that. So we'll probably get on to all of that news. All right, dropping that news. Do I have not? This quarantine is shit for decision. The single biggest biggest piece of news is Quibi's reversed themselves. They're not gonna allow you to stream on their on televisions. Oh really? Yeah, I just saw that a little bit ago. Popped up on uh, LinkedIn. Actually, I, this is one. This is two of them are WWE related. It oh. happened this week. Number one, the XFL filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, so this is the second time <laughs> that the XFL has failed. That thing is fucking snake bitten, man. You know what? Though? You can always skip the XFL and watch rugby. 
True. Where's that? However, I was actually rooting for the this time. It was actually much better than the first presentation because mainly because of the fact Vince was not as involved uh, as the last time because they tried to do storylines with the fucking people back in the day. And it's, but yeah, this was actual football. It was actually great. Actually, really fun to watch. So I was actually rooting for it this time. But what what was that? I didn't even I didn't even bother. What was the big difference in terms of that? Because I remember last time they had like you could they were micing up the players on the field and all that shit. So. Yeah, they got rid of all that bullshit. So no more gimmickry. It was just straight up fucking football. It was actually really good to watch. Was it just a bunch of like arena football players that were now playing for the XFL? Like what was going on? Were they trying to turn into like like the farm league for the NFL or something? Something like that, yeah. And it actually, like I said, it was actually really good. So yeah. shame. It really is. All right. And the second one, uh, the governor of Florida has declared the WWE an essential business. So therefore, they're going to be working live shows again very soon. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, are they going to allow? Are they going to allow people to actually be in the arena or what? There lies the dilemma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess so, it depends because I I was seeing uh, from what I'm hearing, it looks like a lot of the national um, uh, lockdowns are looking to be lifted at the end of this month. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so only two weeks. Hey, yeah, maybe, you know what I'm saying? And then like, a lot of the, uh, there's some rumblings that a lot of the wrestlers are not cool with that because of the fact that some of them have issues, particularly one of their bigger stars, Roman Reigns, uh, who actually had a bout with leukemia last year. Mm. So he has a he has a compromised immune system. Yeah. And he's actually, and he has one of the, he's one of the biggest stars. Uh, he's actually supposed to be in WrestleMania this past, like, year or whatever, a couple, you know, a week or two back. Uh, but because, like I said, compromised immune system, he can do it. They replaced him with another wrestler that he had a great match, had a big moment, et cetera, et cetera. But they didn't even mention Roman Reigns on the actual uh, broadcast itself. A lot of people are thinking that uh, WWE is pissed at him because of the fact he refused to perform because, like I said, it's too much a risk. So, Yeah, I mean, you got to – especially when it comes to wrestlers, I mean, we've – we've had this conversation offline, I think maybe a little bit online before none of, and it's not just going after McMahon, but like none of the guys at the top from any of the wrestling pro wrestling over the years have really paid that much attention to, to the wrestlers and their health and their well-being. It's, it's just tragic, you know, freaking trail of destruction of, of people who've kind of just destroyed their bodies and their lives for, for the sport and then end up with nothing. So. One of yeah, one of the worst examples if you ever get a chance to watch it, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the last of the Von Erics. Yeah, we, actually, we talked about that a couple episodes back. Yeah, but uh, particularly the one about Fritz Von Erich, and yeah, he. You see, considering all the tra- tragedy that happened with that family, he was low down, really. Like a lot of his sons ended up dying from freak accidents or from you know suicide. And a lot of times he would use that to his advantage. He actually had one show, the David, the David, uh, David Von Erich Memorial Show, so his other son could win their like the heavyweight championship, carry. And uh, also, they actually, when one of the sons died, they introduced a fake wrestler as a fake Von Erich. Now, keep in mind, the fans in that area, they're Texas, they're homegrown. Those boys were homegrown heroes. They, you know. Everybody watched them grow up, so they know the Von Erich family. And this other motherfucker comes in from nowhere, 
uh, and they slapped the Von Eric name on him, and they immediately booed the shit out of him. Like actually, actually, it was one of the blows that kind of took the business took that business down because the fact that fans were like lying to us. You know this guy. We seen this motherfucker in another territory. He's not. He's like. It's not even. He, it's not even that he was in another territory um, that was far away. He was in the same in another territory in the same state. We've seen this motherfucker before, and now he's a Von Eric. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't buy that shit at all. And yeah, it just kind of uh, snowballed from there, man. It, it, and then, like I said, only one of six brothers. Only one of them is alive. Crazy. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is, man. It really is. And like I said, during the whole time, he kept trying to introduce some shit from the family angle to, like, you know, kind of less, well, so more or less use the tragedy to kind of bring business to his product or whatever it is. Yeah, it came across very disingenuous. Actually, one had one son named Mike that he actually forced to wrestle. And he was like, he wasn't built for it like the other boys and shit. He actually ended up dying of toxic shock uh, as a result of wrestling. So, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, but you hear horror stories about the uh, like promoters back in the day how they just did not give a fuck about the wrestlers. Like, can you make it? Yeah, jazz over it. Or like uh, Vern Gagne in the uh, AWA in Minnesota. Same thing. He was a fucking cruel taskmaster. That's why uh, actually. He let the biggest golden goose in the history of wrestling go because he was too much of a stubborn asshole, Hulk Hogan. And this is like right Hulk Hogan right after Rocky Three came out, so he was super high. He was on the Tonight Show. You pretty much had the hottest commodity in wrestling, but you got greedy. Worked out. What happened? Yeah. Go ahead. You said it worked out. Yeah, it worked out just fine. But like, what happened? But but for Bagaria before that. What happened was Hogan was, like I said, super popular. All the shit that you know of Hulk Hogan with the, you know, the, the shirt ripping and, uh, you know, the little sayings or whatever started in AWA. Hulkamania started in AWA. But there's one period where Hogan went to Japan for like a couple of weeks. And actually, Hogan was one of the first people to, to sell his own merch, his own merchandise. He would go down to like the local mall, make shirts and shit, go to the, and go to the show and like sell his shit. And he was making a shitload of money because of now he left to go to Japan. He came back, couldn't find out that Vern Gagne was selling his shit without his permission. Went to the mall, re- replicated all of Hogan's shit and sold it. And Hogan's like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh yeah, we're selling your stuff. I was like, okay, well, what's my percentage? You're not getting any. What do you mean I'm not getting any? It's my stuff. I don't care. Work for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm selling your stuff and I'm going to make money from you. You're not getting a dime of it. And Hogan's like, what the fuck, bro? And then he, the, the dude tried to con- give him a concession by saying, okay, well, uh, I'll sell this stuff and I'll make you my world champion. Like, really? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Hogan, Hogan got into it with the old guy, the guy from Gagne. What's the point of wrestling? Money? It doesn't matter if you're the world champ or not. I mean, it's not like it's officially sanctioned. Like, you're not going to get a gold medal. You're not going to be yeah. on the box. Well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And then he didn't—he didn't want to make him his world champion, but it's like you know, I don't want this guy to go because I'm making some money off of him, so I'm making my world champion. Like that—that that was his idea. Like, I got you. You'll be fine. But That's fucking, uh, yeah, it's bullshit. And then, like I said, right along came Vince McMahon. The rest is fucking history. 
And there's a whole number of people <laughs> that managed to piss off, but that's another show. We should do a wrestling show at some point, but I, I mean, it's going to definitely be more you than usual. <laughs> we are. Definitely we, oh, we, we definitely are. Like A lot of the stuff like, will be like known now, so you'll be able to chime in too. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, I know when I get enough out of my depth and we, dr- we start drifting into wrestling, I get as lost in there as we do when we get into the MCU. Like, I do okay. I like, I can track with you, but I don't have as much to contribute because it's just not. If, my if we do a wrestling show and it's just still happening and like, who got Zoom? We could probably get Tyler. You know what? And actually, my, uh, my buddy Flobo, he's done some uh, uh, like after WrestleMania kinds of stuff like that. I think you'd like him. We, we should see about getting him in there too. I think we get get all get like all four of us going. I'm basically just gonna sit here and be quiet and listen to three of you guys talk. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. Hey, 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 I'm with it. All right. All right. Okay, so all right, so that has that's pretty much all I got. You got anything else? Um the only other things happening are basically executives moving around and that doesn't mean a lot for a lot of people. So I mean, unless you're really deep in the business side, you're you're not gonna care. So we'll skip it for now. Cool. All right, and that has been dropping that news. Dropping that news. Yeah, yeah, I love it. All right, so uh, folks, we're gonna go ahead and get into what I like to call the meat and potatoes of this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Now, last week we actually we hashed it between ourselves. We had a little idea about possibly doing a thing about like a TV show endings and how we do them. I'll be honest with you, it was more or less me than anything. Uh, I just wasn't feeling that. The more and more I tried to research it, it's just like it was like mm. we're, we're better off. Well, and the whole idea came from we, were, we wanted to do another writers' room episode, but we didn't have a chance to really dig into more of what we wanted because you know you're working from home, I'm working from home. We're all basically yeah. seven employees at this point, so um, it just threw us off a little bit. But we actually you came with another great way for us to kind of jump in and kind of give people an idea of how the two of us even became friends with the kinds of conversations and stuff we used to have hanging out of bows. All right. So what we're going to do folks here, we're doing a little bit of a freestyle episode, but what we're going to be doing is more or less a little game between me and AJ. And it's going to be playing favorites. So I basically have a list of our favorite, like a whole, like a bunch of favorite stuff or whatever. Uh, we're both going to discuss our favorite of each particular thing. And like I say, you'll see now that we usually, more often I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of shit that's like similar. In terms of taste, so it depends, and it's it's gonna be a wide spectrum. So we're not gonna take up too much time, but we're gonna go through a lot of stuff. So, like I said, like you, you both, both, most, more importantly, you fans get to know us a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? And you get to see our tastes and where we're coming from in terms of like what we like, what we don't like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you will probably agree with a lot of our choices. So, well, that's why they're here. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Now, since this this first one is going to be the most relevant, seeing as how this kind of like central to our podcast, favorite movie. You go first. Favorite movie? Ever. I can't do that. It's got to be genre. I don't, ha- I don't have a top one film. I've got top three or four per genre. You know this. We got- okay. 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 All right. All right. You know what? Uh, I'll, I'll pick the genre for you. Okay. okay. Your favorite, your favorite comedy of all time? Probably The Jerk. 
you go. See? Simple choice. Why the jerk? Why? Yeah. Hilarious. I, 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 love, I love Steve Martin. It's Steve Martin's best work, hands down. It's ridiculous, but not too ridiculous. It's funny. It's got all kinds of great little cameos in there with people that you see coming on to other stuff. They make fun of everything from, you know, basically being a poor country bubkin to being a rich asshole to the, the mob. I mean, they get everybody. They have a huge chunk of it is just talking shit about Hollywood. I mean, that's always funny to me. I like Jackie Mason in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do actually do have a favorite of above all favorites, and you, I've told you this before. Uh, my favorite is the 1985 classic Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. That is my all-time favorite movie. Now, why is it my favorite movie? It has everything a young black child would like. Uh, <laughs> karate. Uh, well, kung fu, really. Uh, kung fu, goddamn, jerry curls, breakdancing, Fucking superpowers, goddamn vanity at her finest. You know what I'm saying? And plus, it's just quotable as a motherfucker. I know, I probably know them. That's the probably the first movie where I can say I know the entire movie word for word. And I know a lot of movies word for word. Oh, that was the very first one. And I've had that movie on every form of uh, multimedia possible. I've had it on VHS, I've had it on DE, I have it on. You know, Netflix, you know, all the different digital mediums. Like, I watch that movie at least once a month. I love that movie. It never gets old. Every time I watch it, I try to span it out because every time I watch it, I want it to feel like kind of like it's the first time or it's a long, it has been a long time since I watched it. So, but yeah, that is my choice. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. See, I, I thought you would say The Last Action Hero. Right? <laughs> you thought my choice was The Last Action Hero? Fuck did you think that? I'm just messing with you. It's one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> I agree, but yeah, no, no one knew my favorites. <laughs> uh, okay. Look like you look like you look like a dog just walked in the room, took a shit, and walked away. You're like, what is? What? <laughs> you know, I kept, you know I kept a Pizza Hut cup of that shit for years. They had the promotional thing for Pizza Hut. Last action here. I kept that shit for a long time. <laughs> I, I had a, I had one of those frosted mugs from uh, Batman and Robin. They stole the McDonald's. I had that shit from. Oh right, right. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, those. Were, yeah, those were crazy. Crazy, <laughs> Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Let's talk about that movie. The better. All right. All right. So. Favorite book or novel? Mm. Favorite book or novel? Uh-huh. I'm probably going to have to go with Misery from Stephen King. Good choice. Very good choice. And, you know, of course, we all know about the film adaptation with Kathy Bates and, you know, James Caan. And her. actually, I was rewatching that the other day, coincidentally. You know, the film adaptation, I'm like, damn, Kathy Bates is nuts. I really, I got to Academy Award and everything. I hated that movie. I, I, I fucking hate it. And the reason is because I, I love the book so much. I was probably 12 when I read Misery. And uh, it's one of the most violent, visceral, and terrifying novels I've ever read, and including anything else from Stephen King. The thing that's scariest to me about that one is 
the suspension of disbelief that's required is is non-existent. The idea that there could be a psychotic, obsessed fan who, through a little accident, gets control of the person she's obsessed with and is sadistic and violent and, and crazy the way that the Kathy Bates character Annie is in this film. Um, oh. It, it's it's mind-blowing. And the thing is, and this is what I hated the most about the, the film, and I understand, again, from when they made it and everything else, they had to tone back the violence. They couldn't have that. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, like, whenever you lose a first-person novel the way Misery is, you're always going to lose a little bit because you have to. I mean, you, it's, you're not going to end up with voiceover for an entire damn movie. It's, it's It doesn't work. You're going to lose bits and pieces. I get the, the time constraints. But in the book, it's not some deputy shows up and she, you know, push him down the stairs and shoots him. None of that stuff happens like happens in the film. In the book, what happens is there's multiple occasions where she's like, the highway patrolman comes by and he throws an ashtray through a window to get the highway patrolman's attention, but he doesn't see Annie come up behind him. She slams him in the back with an ax, drops him to the ground. He's trying to crawl away. She disappears, comes back with a riding lawnmower and rides over his head. Whoa. I know, right? It, it, like I said, it's terrifying and extremely violent. And it's a very, very well-written book. And this character of Annie, I mean, she's like, she's, she's real enough that you're going to sit there and go, okay, if you've looked at the serial killers or, or people that have those types of mental issues that do that kind of violent activity, that book lays it out almost pitch perfect. It's fantastic. All the aspects. I mean, it's, it's probably, in my opinion, I think it's probably one of the best books he ever wrote. Um, okay. why, even though I, I try to be fair and I try to understand, okay, you probably couldn't, you know, this is before Tarantino. You couldn't have that level of violence in a feature film that's going to be released by a studio back in, what was it, 88 or 89 when they, when they released the film? I think it was like 1990. Right, right around there. I mean, again, it's still seven years before Tarantino's on the scene. Right, or six Tarantino shows up. So that level of violence, it's like, I mean, at best, it's B-movie, you know, Video was a video video trauma trauma video trauma trauma right like it's that level of stuff so I can understand why you know Rob Reiner's not going to touch that you know they're not going to get into something that's that dark but for me it was enough that it ruined the book because the way they redid all of that it took away from what was truly terrifying about her she's just kind of like well and the other thing too so you remember she breaks his legs in the movie with the the sledgehammer yeah. yeah she takes his leg off with an ax just below the knee and cauterizes it with a blowtorch. That's, that's, like, that's like I shouldn't audition, like I, the movie I've been telling you about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, it's a whole nother level. And so for me, that book was fantastic. I mean, there's other books that I'd, I'd put in my top five easily, but that's probably the one that stuck with me the most in mm. terms of it's terrifying, it's fantastic. I mean, if I'm going to go, okay, and, and I'm going with a novel there, because if I go true story, there's there's two other books that are fantastic, but that's not what we're talking about right now. So right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, my uh, my favorite uh, novel of all time is a classic novel, and one I've talked to you about before, Count of Monte Cristo. That is my favorite classic novel. Now, one reason, like one of the reasons, I really dig it because the fact it's set during the fucking French Revolution, so freaking like there's no way I should be able to relate to. It. However. The theme of the actual book itself is ageless, revenge, betrayal. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can, this, the, the, the very visceral storyline of the actual book itself, you could do now. 
just change the elements, which actually we're working on. We do now in uh, certain elements and whatnot, and still comes across the same story. The story is great, and it's been adapted. I've seen God knows how many adaptations of the same story, and they're all good, and they're all different. There's one where uh, from 1934 where Robert did not. It was really good. There's one from there's one from there's a mini series from the 60s uh, for the BBC that was done. And actually, fucking um, what's his name, Michael Go Alfred, uh, 89 Batman. He's one of the villains in it. He's, he's like it's it's crazy to see young Alfred. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, the one I probably most of our modern audiences will know will be the one from 2003 with. Uh, Jim Beasel and Guy Pierce, that one, which funny enough is actually one of the more in, inaccurate versions of that story. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's another one that's really good. It's all in French with a uh, Gerard Depardieu. It's like fucking six hours, but fucking like it's really good. like you. I'm in quarantine. I, go, I watch the whole fucking thing in French with the, <laughs> with the subtitles and all the shit. It was still dope. So like it's been told, and then, I think there's an anime too of the shit. But yeah, it's been told, retold so many times. And like I said, I would love to do an adaptation of it. You know the, um, what? You know the backstory? Backstory. The actual, uh, the actual backstory of it, uh, it was done, it was written by Alexander Dumas, a uh, man of Haitian descent, so part black man, like mulatto pretty much. And uh, he actually uh, was told a story by a dude, I believe, I believe his name was like Pierre something. Pierre Picard or something like that. But this person, Pierre Picard, told him the story, this story, as if it was a real story. And like that's that's the that's the thing about it. Like the details in it and all the other shit. Like it's very possible this actually happened. Well, there's a there's, like, there's a book that uh, I actually have on my wish list. I haven't haven't gotten it yet from uh, from Audible, but what I was reading in the the brief description is this uh, this story about a uh uh, uh a black soldier during the French Revolution who went on to become essentially a count um, was the the impetus or the, uh, uh, the, the the idea behind. It. I think he was actually Dumas' father, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, like where he was actually told. Yeah, yeah, he was actually told this story by an actual person, and he just adapted it to this story that has become legendary. It's been, and again. Based on his his father's life, if I'm not mistaken, that's what that's what this thing was saying. I haven't downloaded it yet to listen to the whole thing. Um, like I said, it's next on my wish list, but um, it seemed pretty insane when I heard that. I was like, going, "Oh damn! All right, so this is even more interesting." The the source I got didn't really say father, but it did say he was somebody he knew. Um, but same same thing, he was told the story by somebody, or somebody like uh, recollected the story to him, yeah. put it in novel form. Somebody. So it's crazy enough, this, this fantastic fucking story might have been true at one point. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, right. And as far as my favorite series of novels, we talked about this before too, uh, Robert B. Parker Spencer. I'm a big fan of that series of novels. I um, also like the original, like Ian Fleming, uh, James Bond novels. I never read really, Yeah, they kind of, they they're very detailed. Good reads though. Hmm. Very detailed. Like particular, I think the best of the original ones will be from Russia with Love, which is why it's probably my favorite Conrad movie too. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the different changes between the the novels and the actual book and stuff, like like the book of You Only Live Twice is much better than. The that happens a lot of times. That, that's what I was saying before with Misery. I mean, it's the hardest part about adaptation. You have to lose something because if you if you sit down like. 
I was talking about before, I, I listen to a lot of Audible, especially even more, you know, when I'm actually sitting in traffic. It's a good way to, you know, kind of spend the time, actually learn something, get something in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, most books, we're talking short books, maybe eight or nine hours, a long book's like 40. You can't do a feature film where you don't lose something. Right. The amount of because if, even if you adapt into a screenplay format, it's going to probably get even longer as far as the way you look at it. And then, you know, whether if people know this or not, when you're, when you're looking at a screenplay, you assume you estimate every page in screenplay format is worth one minute of screen time. So mm-hmm. if you have a 300 page book, 300 minutes. Right. You, I'm, what are we doing here? Like the, the Godfather wasn't even that. I mean, so at a certain point. You have to go, okay, we're going to lose something. Yeah. And you're going to lose all the best parts. You hope you keep enough of it together. True. There's that. Now, as far as – actually, we got that down. So next one, favorite actor. Oof. I think you should go first on this one. I'm not sure. Well, mine's a very quick and obvious choice, Eddie Murphy. Now, when I was a kid – but uh, like I said, dude was the be all end all of movie stars as far as I'm concerned, especially in my household. Like I said, I worshiped three entities as a child Michael Jackson, Bugs Bunny, and Eddie Murphy. I think those three more influenced my personality than probably any other three either persons or entities ever. So, like, you know what I'm saying? I've always, like, sometimes I'll be in a situation where, like, what will Bugs do? Or I'll be in a situation where, how will Michael handle this? Or, like, uh, what would Eddie say? You know what I'm saying? So, I've been in a situation like that, dude. And, uh, freaking, like I said, he's, he's my guy, dude. Like, freaking, then when he disappeared, he became even more my guy because he became rare. You know what I'm saying? You don't you didn't see him as often. What would the uh, situation be? Did you ask yourself, say, what would Michael say? Uh, in terms of dress. Okay. Nah, like if I'm like rocking, if I'm going somewhere, you know, like maybe uh, like I want to kind of spice up my wardrobe a little bit. Like, what would Michael wear? You know, saying something like crazy. Like I, at one point, I actually had a buckle, had a, like a fucking buckle gauntlet at one point because I thought this would be very Michaelish. <laughs> and then of course I got different forms of aviator shades and shit. And I'm, and I'm big on jackets. Like freaking like, if you know me, you know. I can wear out a goddamn jacket. And mainly, my main reason for why I love jackets is because of Michael Jackson. Because you look at the 80s. Michael always wore dope-ass fucking jackets that had been imitated for throughout time. You know what I'm saying? So freaking like, if I find a dope-ass jacket, I'm thinking like, how would Michael rock? You know what I'm saying? That, that's usually how I'm thinking. Like, And then just walk into a room if you want to have confidence. Because keep in mind, Michael, Michael Jackson, off-camera, super fucking shy guy, on camera, Fucking monster on stage, a phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, if I need a confidence boost, what will Michael do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm trying to be a smart ass, uh, that's usually uh, it's usually either what will Bugs do or what will Eddie say situation. <laughs> now, what, like, what, if you see a situation where, like, you know me, you like, I like to fuck with people. So, if I like to do it like creatively. That's one, of, that's one of those, what would Bugs do in this moment? So, like, you see me at the cigar bar, somebody does some shit, I'd, like, imitate their walk, or, like, I, like, just, like, fucking with them or whatever shit. Or, like, I'll be around that corner just, like, fucking with them. Like, Bugs Bunny type of shit. And, of course, you know, the Eddie thing is, like, fucking, like, just saying what the fuck is on top of my head and fucking just saying some off-the-wall shit. 
and you know, and then like you know, it, like getting to the point where the person who I'm doing this to, they're offended, but also they can't help but laugh when the shit is happening. So that's how you win. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you? Well, it's hard because again, I, I always split my mind comedic versus standard. And like we've talked about before, it's hard to beat Eddie Murphy for a killer act. I've, I've got to be honest the divergence that happened in the late nineties when it kind of got, honestly, it just kind of got a little bit lost on the quality that he's putting out. Um, it kind of let me drift a bit. So if I'm going to talk about comedic, honestly, I'm a Dave Chappelle guy. Dave, and he hasn't done that many movies, but he's so funny. And again, with commanding presence and I'm glad he's back doing stand up Cause I think that's definitely like his heart and soul where he's at. Um, but I mean, he still has like, a handful of times he's actually been in movies and done movies. He, he can he can carry it. But yeah, if I'm, not, if I'm yeah, going to go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was about to say. You're like, what if like uh, dramatically, who would be your guy? Honestly, and I might get made fun of for this one a little bit, but I really like Bruce Willis. Actually, you know what? It's a toss up between um, it's a toss up between Bruce Willis and uh, and Denzel Washington. I know they're both because if you look at if you look at the scope of it, Denzel's definitely done far more in terms of dramatic. Um, but Bruce has a wide repertoire that covers dramatic. He can do the the you know the the nice guy kind of a thing. He can do the action thing, and he he can obviously do the hell out of comedy. So I feel like he's kind of like the he's um, kind of the jack of all trades when it comes to that. He's a triple threat, whereas you know Denzel. I can't think of a lot that I've seen Denzel do comedically. I mean, he's, he's a hell of a dramatic actor, but comedy's just never really been, been his repertoire. So I think that why, for me, is why I kind of give Bruce a little more. He's done a few. Yeah, they weren't really huge hits. I think the last major one he did was uh, The Preacher's Wife. Right, with Whitney Houston. Comedy? Hmm? I feel like that was a comedy. Is comedic, more comedic than most of the shit he does. He's like his basically the whole thing was like his wife was like gonna like hook up with some angel if I remember correctly. It's been a long time since I saw the film, so it was more like, less. yeah, more or less. It was really, really, I don't know, it was a little bit more weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah, okay, cool. I'll give you that. Okay, now let's get into some more, uh, more fun stuff. And I, I know, I know, I know you're gonna answer for this. Favorite superhero? Yeah, man. There you go. But the why, the why is important. Why is it Batman? Tell me, you see, you brought up why is it Batman? Before, there's there's two reasons, right? Number one, out of all the superheroes, except for honestly, probably Iron Man, he has the most minimal suspension of disbelief, right? The only thing that I have to get to in my head, especially with the Dark Knight interpretation, is. Okay, so there's a billionaire out there who actually gives a shit about anyone other than themselves, <laughs> right? Like, that's the biggest thing, because if they've got enough money and they're in good enough shape, you can go out and, you know, do the Christian Bale version of Batman where you're going to chase down these guys and beat them up. But the thing that brought Batman and kept me at Batman was always a Joker. Joker. Okay, yeah. Joker. So you say you think Batman is the hero of the most minimal suspension of disbelief? Yeah, I think so. I said the biggest thing you have to figure out with him is you have to assume that there's a billionaire who gives a shit about his community more than himself. What about the Punisher? That's even less than that. There's been several vigilantes like the Punisher. The only problem with the Punisher, right? The only exposure that I've had growing up, 
why, because we're talking about like how you get into the exposure I had to it was that really bad 90s movie with John Travolta. Oh, yeah. And it was so bad because like when they like the, the wedding massacre scene. So like there's mm-hmm. all people laying on the ground, but there wasn't a drop of blood to be seen and all that stuff. And you're like, you know, I'm only like 15. Yeah. But I'm looking at it. And I'm just like going, this looks like a, to me at the time, like, this looks like a bad student film. Or they didn't run out. Or they ran out of a budget, or somebody said that they didn't like it at the studio. Whatever it was, and I was just like, if you're not going to take it seriously, if we're not going to go there, I will say with the Netflix interpretation, it's got me warmed up to it. I like it. I'm open to it. But Batman, I mean, you know, it's you got to. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Uh, my favorite, and we talked about this before, would be the original version of Captain Marvel for Marvel Comics, Marvel. Um, like I said, man, because uh, I discovered that character when I was still in the Navy. Uh, the <clears throat> book, The Life and Death of Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin is today still my favorite graphic novel ever made. It's the one that got me into the character. It introduced me to Thanos. That was the book that introduced me to Thanos. And like I said, like, the character I felt has been the unappreciated bastard stepchild of the Marvel Universe, Primus because the fact that, you know, all these other heroes getting so much fanfare, except Captain Marvel. <clears throat> the original version, anyway. Yeah. The current yeah. version where Brie Larson is getting all the fanfare in the world, they pretty much kiss her, oh my gosh, she's the greatest superhero ever. Like, But well, she's actually just the female spinoff of the original guy. Yeah, the guy, all the major shit in the movie, of the Captain Marvel movie, like I said, is likable, is from the original guy. Uh, and like I said, I'm a big fan of like uh, <clears throat> space comics and stuff of the stuff of the cosmos. And again, another thing we want to work on. Uh, but yeah, space comics and shit like that. So I'm a big fan of that stuff. So Captain Marvel is number one for me. Yeah, and I mean, kind of like for the adaptation. That's where there's always problems. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get a little more obscure here. Favorite fruit. Favorite what? Fruit. I just want to make sure because we're doing pop culture now. We're talking food. No, 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 no. I mean, literally, your favorite fruit, not your favorite fruit. I mean, your favorite fruit. I, I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say grapes and hope that we're still talking about that. I don't know. We are. Yeah. I hope I didn't offend anybody with the fruit thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite. <laughs> Uh, I'm partial to uh, strawberries and peaches. You know what? It is when white peaches hit the store. I'm all about it till they go away. White peaches are my favorite. I don't know. Oh. It's something different from yellow. That's good. Mm-hmm. You would like white peaches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Favorite ice cream? Rocky Road. Mine is a Cold Stone Creamery's uh, Caking Ice Cream. That's not bad. What do you mix in it? No, I have it straight up, and it's fucking delicious. I don't have to mix anything in my Rocky Road because it's already mixed in. So true. All right, this this one might be a little bit harder, but uh, I'm I'm going to define this a little bit better. And in terms of a one-hour television drama, what is your favorite TV character ever? Favorite TV character ever. In a one-hour television drama. Omar Little. Omar, good choice. Very good choice. 
Dude, it's All right. the best yeah. characters ever, man. True. Uh, mine would be yeah, mine would be Dr. David Banner from The Incredible Hulk. He's also he's also technically a comic book character, but the the Bill Bixby interpretation is very different from the actual book version. Very different. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call foul on that. I'm gonna say you you skewed out of it. We got to go back to drama because that's gonna be MCU. It is a drama. It's a drama in the MCU. You gotta you gotta go straight drama. Original character, not based on underlying material. Okay, so if you wanna go that route, bastard. Uh <laughs> let's go with uh Detective Robert Gorn from uh Law and Order. Uh, it's pretty long time. I love Gorn. Yeah, that's a that's a killer character too. Yeah, so I thought about it for a minute, but Omar Little, Little in the Wire. There's so many layers to him, and I love it when he corners that uh, that criminal defense attorney. Yeah, just like you, man. Just like you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, that right there, that sealed it for me. I was like, that guy. That is one of the best characters ever. Yeah, my guy. Like I said, Lauren. I'm a big fan of him because of fact, like basically Sherlock Holmes. You know what I'm saying, like. Way more brilliant than the average, you know, homicide uh, on the street detective one. And I love how he just breaks down the like every little bit of a crime scene, and, and, and also the ending with the interrogation scenes where he like manipulates people to like confess. Like, fucking dope. Man. It's always great to watch. Uh, and then, like I said, same thing. Comp, very complex backstory. And he just <laughs> the whole way through. Exactly. And he had everything. He had a sidekick and a nemesis and shit. So he had he had his Watson Eames, and he had his Moriarty. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Nicole Wallace. Yeah. So yeah, overall great character, man. Okay, so let's see here. Oh yeah, this will be fun. Favorite candy? Butterfish. No, you know what? Reese's. That's why we're friends. <laughs> that is my that is my favorite. Peanut, peanut butter cups or the Reese's pieces. The cups. I'll eat the pieces, but it's the cups. You gotta have the chocolate, man. What's the point? That's my guy. That is my guy right there, man. Uh, favorite restaurant? Like, think of a chain restaurant that you like to go to. Like chain restaurant, chain chain. Yeah, chain chain restaurant. You know what? I, I I love a good steak, so I love Claim Jumper, but I almost never go there. Yeah. I'm going to go more often because I can maybe afford it a little more. Mm-hmm. BJ's, I guess. Oh, yeah. The only, I, I was about to ask the clan jump out here, but I remember there's one out there in Long Beach. I'm tripping. Oh, I, got a, I got a couple down here in Orange County, too. So. Okay. Uh, my favorite, since we're going to state, Outback Steakhouse. That's my favorite. So. Same thing. <laughs> it's a blooming onion. Okay. So let's go into. Let's, let's change it up a little bit. We're going to get into music. Mm. Favorite, and this is going to be done by decade, favorite 80s rapper? Run DMC. I'm going to go with LL. All right, fair enough. He, look, okay. before he ended up on NCIS LA. Oh, oh. The dude, he had some, man. LL was the hardest of the hard. I'm bad. It's still to this day one of my favorite songs. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so LL. All right, so uh, favorite 90s rapper? Jay-Z. 
This is a little tough for me, but uh, mainly because of the fact he had two of the best albums, or was his only two albums of that decade, or like two of the best ever made. I gotta go with Dr. Dre. You know, I, I can give you, I can give you that, but yeah, I can give you that. Yeah, two of the best albums, The Chronic and Chronic Two Thousand. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's my guy. Technically, uh, well, huh? technically you could have pulled an iced tea. He kind of uh, spearheaded rap uh, metal. Yeah, but at the same time, like I go more with my taste here. So go with Dre. If you're not going to go with Dre, you should go with Dre. Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yeah. Favorite current rapper. If I'm honest, the only current rapper I'm even listening to is probably going to be Drake. Okay. Current rapper for me, uh, pop for basically for mainstream would be Kendrick Lamar, but my absolute favorite currently would be a dude named MF Doom. Uh, like for uh, most of you comic book fans out there, you're definitely familiar with his music because he used he samples a lot of like old cartoons, a lot of like the Godzilla movies, and he's always like he's more mysterious than the average rapper. That's why I say he's mainstream. He's not a mainstream guy at all. Like he very rarely performs live. Also, what he does, when you do see him live or interviewed, he's always wearing a mask. It's shown his face publicly in years. And like that has a great little mystery to him. You know what I'm saying? It has a mystique to him. Plus, like I say, his beats are fire. Well, then let's cover on his face and go out and do his song and nobody harasses him. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then like, he, like great lyrics, great beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, freaking like, listen to his music. I like, I, I get all the like cues from like different TV shows. Those movies and shit. Like, oh shit, that's fucking Godzilla. I'm like, oh shit, that's fucking Spider Man and his amazing friends. What the fuck? I ain't putting that in the beat. Like, that's dope. Yeah. That's the fucking theme from the Legion of Doom from Super Friends. Yeah. He's done shit like that. Right, I'm going to have to look him up because I'll be honest. Like, I'll listen to, I've listened to some Drake stuff. I listened to that because I was, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. Anyway, why, why I got into Drake when I did. But most of what I listen to now, if I'm going to listen to hip hop, I'm going to get on Spotify and I'm going to listen to hip-hop from the 90s. Because, like, honestly, like, even though I'm saying Jay-Z, mm-hmm. I probably honestly listen to more of, like, Biggie and Tupac. But that's also part of what comes up on Spotify. That's why I like it. I can go get all my 90s hip-hop because that's, that's the decade I like the best for, to be honest. My suggestion for you in terms of, like, if you want to look up the guy, there's one album he put out, his first major album, Operation Doomsday. Because it has so many great samples in the songs and shit. And one and one thing I know you'll dig is he actually samples Scooby Doo in one song. Like, uh, he samples the beginning of uh, the Scooby the new Scooby Doo movies in one song. Like and, and the actual name of the song is Hey, you know, like Hey Scooby. They use the Hey. That's the name of the song. And then the first couple songs, like he samples a lot of great R&B too. So he like he'll sample like Sade and Anita Baker and things like that. Very good listen. MF Doom. MF Doom. MF Doom. Yeah, Operation Doomsday. That's the, uh, he's had, he's made many great albums after that, but my my personal favorite is Operation Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this would be good. I don't know. I actually, I actually never actually listened to this. Favorite blues artist? John Lee Hooker. Okay. 
That's that that song that they uh, they had him do in uh, in blues. Boom 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 boom. That shit. Yeah. Okay. Probably hooked on on John Lee Hooker. Okay. All right. Well, uh, being from the south, I'm like I'm more like Delta blues. So like the the blues is a big part of my childhood. Like many of the family gatherings, we would have like the, the parents would bring out blues out records and albums usually stuff to dance to and stuff like that. Uh, one popular artist when I was really young and still is, and to the point where I appreciate his music today, would be a dude named uh, Johnny Taylor. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, he, had, he had some great albums out there. But my favorite, just because of how funny his fucking albums were, is a dude named Marvin Cease. Also has passed away. Uh, he His songs were so fucking vulgar and just so funny to listen to. No, it's yeah. No, I'll, I'll play some Marvel seats for you, bro. Like he was so fucking. Woke. And then he's like this dude, dark skinned dude with a Jerry Curry. All his albums, are always like this and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, the, this, the some of the some of the like what? It's like that sketch on Little Color. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, and he like his songs were like uh, his songs were like uh, the titles of the songs were like Candy Liquor. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, no, that's not that's not him. But there's another one. So there's another there's another dude named Mel Winters. Mel Winters who did a song called "The Hole in the Wall." Uh, but there's <laughs> that one. And then uh, my favorite one is a uh, one called uh, "F A Y'all." Uh, no, F uh, F All Y'all. That's me. Because that, that that's, uh, it's, it's an angry song. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but it's basically him getting at his haters. And like, the chorus is this: If you wanna know how I feel. Well, I'm mad as hell. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> and I'm mad it. I'm mad as hell. It's like the blues song. Dun, 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 dun. Here's backup singers. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> no, Marvin Seas is a G, bro. All right, you know, you know blues, blues out there today. Still, still performing out there, rock and rolling right now. Clapton? Say that again? Clapton? It said blues, not rock and roll. I'm sorry. Kid um, his name is, or he goes by the Fisher King. Kid's maybe 20, at this point, he's probably, what, 22, 23, something like that. I found him years ago online when he was about, I think he was 14. Huge, huge, huge kid. I mean, he looked like, honestly, he looked like the reincarnation of uh, of B.B. King. And he was playing these these bars and clubs that I'm sure he, there's no way in hell he could have sat down and had a drink. But oh my god, I mean, the stuff this kid can do on the guitar it, it just about make you vomit with envy. It's so so good. Never heard of him. I'm telling you, man, you'd be disappointed. Okay, cool. All right, so let's go more to your territory. Favorite heavy metal band. Hmm. Well, are we talking now? Are we talking? Are we gonna go by decade? How are we doing this? Uh, let's go with. No, let's go by decade. Eighties. Metallica. Me. Yeah, fucking Metallica too. <laughs> Same thing, Metallica. Wait, no, I, I, you know what? No, no, no. I'll take, I'll take that back. Uh, I go more. I fuck more with Guns and Roses. I still I classify them more under like like rock and roll than I would under heavy metal, but I get your point. Yeah. So 
right, uh, 90s. Okay, in the 90s, in the 90s, it was Payable on Death, P.O.D. I listened to them all the time. They were my jam. One of the first concerts I went to when I was like 14 was them. It was like them and I think MXPX when I was in my little punk phase there for a minute. But now looking at it from music from that time period, um, I still listen to a lot of Metallica, but probably Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, there wasn't really too many people listening to heavy metal, but I would watch like The Box, the video channel. And the ones that would play all the time were Nirvana. Uh, was it Soundgarden? Okay. Soundgarden. Uh, Soundgarden uh, uh, Green Jelly, Three Little Pigs. You know, Rage Against the Machine, I, I should mention them as well. I mean, there's a lot of really good metal bands from the 90s. That was a good, good decade. Towards the end, I got into uh, Linkin Park. Yeah, Linkin Park too. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And a uh, little bit of corn. A little bit of corn. Listen to a little bit of corn, a little bit of Limp Bizkit. Um, Break stuff is actually a really good heavy metal anthem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me something to break. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah, that shit was dope. One's best was Freak on a Leash. Oh yeah. Remember that music video with the uh with the bullet flying through just crashing everything? Yeah, I remember that one. And uh my favorite one uh, of those videos was uh Soundgarden Black Hole Sun. Yeah. And then actually as you roll into the early two thousands, uh I can't remember who it was. I think they they grabbed some of the guys from Soundgarden, if I'm not mistaken, to do audio slaves. Yeah. So that was another great, great kind of, you know, early band right in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite punk band. Wait, hold on. We didn't get through more modern times. There's still metal. Okay, you do metal now. I, I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't have a metal person now. So. The, only, the only metal metal band that's making stuff now that I'll listen to is Five Finger Death Punch. Okay. And I mean, I'll like, Nine Inch Nails drop something new, I'll listen to that too. They're, they've gotten really kind of darker and deeper in the industrial side. I didn't think it was possible, but Trent Rasner, shit, man, that guy, he's, he's terrifying. <laughs> uh, but the last thing I listened to rock related would probably be Death Lock from a uh, Death Clock from a uh, metal And that's more like death metal. Right? Hilarious too. Yeah, it is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, let's go into favorite punk. It doesn't have to be a decade, just your favorite punk band. Well, I mean, there's there's lots of punk bands, but the one I listened to the most uh, across the board was MXPX. Uh, I go old school. Uh, I listen to a lot of Blondie. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's my good deal. All right. Uh, let's see. Favorite. This is going to be hard. Uh, but I'm going to do this by uh, genre. Favorite. 80s pop song. Roxanne. About uh, police? Okay. And that's a direct Eddie Murphy reasoning. That's that's the entire reason why. Because Roxanne! That's it. Opening to 48 Hours, every time I hear that song, no matter where I'm at, and I just love it. Uh, my favorite 80s pop song, mainly because of the fact it kept popping in my head recently, Man Eater by Paula Notes. <laughs> That's a good one too. Oh, here she comes! Watch out, boy! She'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes! She's a man eater. That shit. Now, what is the most iconic 1980s song from a film? Shit! I tell you, like, oh shit! Yeah, they put that in a lot of movies. 
As soon as you said a lot of movies, like, oh yeah, it's been a couple. All of them, all of them, and it was great. I love, and for me, I still always immediately go back to Ferris Bueller. It's Ferris Bueller and The Secret of My Success. Those are two movie, main movies I remember seeing. Yeah, that was a like, turn for Marty McFly, wasn't it? I loved it. I'm, that's that's probably my second favorite Mark. Uh, sorry, Mark. Michael J. Fox movie ever. Yeah, Storyline of him like basically like banging his aunt and <laughs> like it was a really dark by marriage and by marriage <laughs> it's a really dark turn yeah my uncle and yeah and same thing the uncle was like kind of by marriage too but yeah same thing uh then, then he, he like, uh committing fraud to become an executive Ooh. like that part was was cool and then the other thing too because when i watched it because i was I'll catch up when i had time or whatever so like i'm in in business school and undergrad and I'm watching and I'm watching him put together this presentation with like fucking poster boards and glitter and <laughs> and I'm looking at him like going seriously like that's all you had to do to be an executive in the 80s exactly and I I, 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 was, uh, tea, I, need, I need some Farkas tea skin uh, tea tins coffee tins and my lunch Chinese <laughs> dude yeah The Secret of My Success is such a great movie it's so underrated so all right, so uh <laughs> and uh okay, so uh who do you think was the uh in your opinion, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you'll share this. Who do you think was the king of the eighties movie soundtrack? He had a lot of songs and a lot of soundtracks. Hmm. One guy. I'm trying to remember. I think on the timeline, I know Barry Manilow had a shit time going in the 80s, but I don't think that's who you're going for. No, it's not. Uh, I'll give you some hints. Top Gun. Footloose. Caddyshack. Shit. Um, I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about, though. Um, Over the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. I don't know. My, my, my brain's fried on it. I know who you're talking about, though. Kenny Loggins. Yes, the fucking health. <laughs> Candy Loggins. Candy uh, Shack. <laughs> but I, I almost said Kenny Rogers, but I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> Kenny, uh, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Candy Shack. Well, the, the other reason for me why is because I know you don't, you don't watch as much as I do, but I'm a huge Archer fan. And they're constantly talking shit about Kenny Kenny Loggins and Danger Zone and that whole like it like Kenny Kenny Loggins has like an episode where he's in the show because it's such nice. a big I just I have a freaking brain right there. But yeah. Away to the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> I like the shit from uh what no, what's that shit from Footloose? Like uh uh because family guy i i don't even remember i only remember that song i only saw the movie once the reason i watched it is i was living in utah at the time about 20 miles away from where they shot the damn movie yeah and i swear and the scene like i told you this before i think the scene where they're out on like his parents porch it's either my friend from growing up his home like his porch or it's one of the ones down the street because there's like 10 houses that all look like this in the whole area it would have been it's really weird I also like the shit. Don't you ever, 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 ever,
Went from Hot Rod, we does a <laughs> we does a slam dancing in, in the woods. Foot <laughs> 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 <But> loose, man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, we said that eighties pop, nineties pop, nineties pop from 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 the movies. Not necessarily from the movies, just pop and joke. I don't know. I don't think I have anything on that one. Okay. Well, for me, what what happened? I didn't really listen to pop in the 90s. Okay. Uh, For me, technically it's pop, but this is how we do it. Montel Jordan. Yeah, but see, for me, I'd put that that in hip-hop and R&B. I mean, yeah, true, but it, 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 it was on the pop charts too. What, 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 at least how I always had it, the MTV generation, when they tell me pop music, like, it's like, the, like the, it's like fucking Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all that stuff, and I didn't listen to any of it. I didn't listen to it. I, I, I listen to any of this shit either, but you couldn't help but hear it because everybody else listened to it. Um, but yeah, I gotta go with this. Is, I'd rather give it to, to Michael Jackson. I'd rather, I'd rather give it to uh, We Are the World or something, personally. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, if you want to go my favorite 90s Michael Jackson thing, remember the time. Yeah. You remember the time. This is a dope video, too. I think the timing on this is right. I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like my introduction to Michael Jackson, when Michael Jackson was, was actually through the Goofy movie. Do you remember, did you watch the Goofy movie or Goofy movie? Yeah, but uh, that wasn't Michael Jackson. That was Tevin Campbell. I know, but he, but it was basically like an archetype. Of- yeah, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I see that, I see that now. And that's how I got, got into Michael Jackson eventually was that I found, because I thought it was so cool the way they did it, like being a little kid and all this stuff. And like, wow, that guy's like, he's the coolest. Because... For me, like whenever I thought about music, the way I was raised, that stuff, the closest you got to a solo artist was like Tina Turner, which again, like mm-hmm. most of what my parents listened to, what I listened to when I was younger was was bands. It was like we do Motown, we do rock and roll, do blues, stuff like that, but it was always a band. It was never the front person. Yeah, yeah but Tevin Campbell was the guy from the Goofy movie. He also had some dope ass nineties. He had a dope ass album in the nineties. I'm ready. That shit was fire. Like. I'm like, uh, what's that shit? Can we talk for a minute? Girl, I want, like, fucking, like, if I wanted to be a pop star, that's the guy I was modeling after. But yeah, he has some yeah, And then, like, as far as getting into, like, vocalists, Boys the Men, yeah. Edge, Casey and JoJo, and then, uh, was it Colin McKnight, right? Back at one? Yeah, but my shit is my shit. Like we talked about this before. My shit is always the dude from Boys Man, the the, the voiceover guy, the one with beat voice, because he was always apologizing every song. Baby, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just come, just come back to me, girl. Just come back to me. I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing the same shit in the next song. <laughs> <laughs> I was very wise. Very wise, like, nah, you, you gonna, you, you gonna come back here. I didn't do nothing wrong. He was always like, okay, girl, it's time for some loving. Yeah, yeah, it's time for some loving. <laughs> okay, uh, 
Favorite music video? Ever. Man, that's a hard one. Because I'm again I'm jumping between genres. Mm-hmm. Favorite music video. There was one by Pearl Jam that's an animated one that was that stuck with me really heavily. I mean, it's it's not what you call a music video in the normal sense, but probably what I've watched the most is Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, yeah, I've watched that too. Okay. As far as like something done on a on a budget that's just kick ass and awesome. Mm-hmm. Recon on a leash had one of the coolest coolest videos that I, I i can think of well you know my answer thriller so that's one and then right after that would probably be thriller's a short film it was up for an academy award for short films that doesn't count yes it does <laughs> so like i was saying Okay, so if it doesn't count, so it, or, so if it does count, then what's number two? So then I can feel satisfied that at least we got. Some- <laughs> my, my number two is gonna my number two is gonna disappoint you because <laughs> it's more it's more feeding to the adolescent Jadero than the artistic Jadero. Wasn't. Let's go. I like your version better, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> but uh, number two would probably be Juvenile Back That Ass so. Up. All right, fair enough. Like I said, just just for the adolescent JD. You, you know what? As far as like going uh, a little bit deeper on like hip hop videos, because I used to watch uh, like a ton of like BET and all that stuff back when you know I was still on music videos. Um, we were still down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, no, but Petey Pablo, that was actually a pretty killer video with like no money. North Carolina. Oh, oh yeah, North Carolina, come on and raise up, take your shirt off, fling it around your head like a helicopter. That shit. Yeah. <laughs> Here's this is like the the biggest like screw you to the world, and it's the saddest thing that's happened. BET doesn't do music videos hardly, if at all, anymore. And MTV just said, fuck it. They don't even pretend to do music videos anymore. It's all sort of kind of music news and then a shit ton of reality shows. Like, that's, I mean, and I get it. Like, if you want to watch music videos, you can do YouTube, mm-hmm. which is what I do anyway if I want music videos, but it's just as bad. Yeah, man. You're supposed to go learn about new stuff. Exactly. So, freaking, like, we're going to do an MTV or BET episode where we'll talk about like that kind of shit there like the, the programs that we used to love back when it was really MTV or BET as opposed to the shit they have on now um, also so let's go ahead and uh, skip over that and then let's go ahead and get to another genre since we talked about it before favorite sport I can already tell you what yours is what is mine rugby honestly it's actually my second favorite sport what would be your first first one is like MMA what? Hmm? What'd you say? I said, uh, would it be MMA be number one? It's actually hockey. Oh, I, I, grew up, I grew up with hockey. My mom, uh, my mom immigrated from Canada. Oh. So I, my, my earliest memory of any sporting event is, is baseball with my dad. My second was also with my dad. We went to a minor league hockey game and, uh, Dude, it was it was awesome. It was fun. It was a blast. And 
I mean, it kind of has MMA mixed into it. You know, these guys still throw their gloves off and beat the shit out of each other on ice. And uh, so I, I love, love that side of it. So go Kings. Go Kings, yeah. So my favorite sport is uh, boxing slash MMA. I'm an avid fan. I have been for years. Will continue to be once this fucking Corona bullshit is over. I probably, I actually was planning on going on a couple live events if I could. Um, then after that will probably be football, and after that will probably be it's really it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's boxing and MMA and football. It's really it. And it's only because rugby will make but rugby, yeah. yeah. I, I think my main thing is I like sports that I've at least tried and was somewhat good at. So football, boxing. When did you when did you uh when did you box? Oh uh, well, you know, like I go, I'm like been a member of like certain gyms, like boxing gyms and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, I mean, I, I did it, I did it a couple times when I was a kid too. I mean, MMA is definitely my my third favorite, but I mean, I watch it all the time. It's the best thing about ESPN Plus. I get all these sports. Yeah, so like you know, uh, UFC gym and shit like that. I've been a member of several UFC gyms, and like freaking like I love that shit. Like, if I you have a boxing day, maybe I want to do MMA. Some uh, maybe I want to do some kickboxing, some shit. And then they'll let you spar and all this shit. So, yeah, I've done it before. And it's fun. It's exhilarating. It's great cardio. My cardio went through the fucking roof as soon as I started those classes. And I try to get back to them whenever I can. Um, so, yeah. And then, like I said, I'm just a fan of the sport. So, like, going through the decades, my all-time favorite boxer would be Mike Tyson, obviously. My all-time favorite MMA uh, person would be uh, Johnny Bones Jones. So... I, I gotta say, I love I love Mike Tyson. So living fighters would be Mike Tyson, but my all time favorite heavyweight champ is actually Jack Johnson. The original, like the old school Jack Johnson. Oh yeah, man. Dude, when you know when you know him on and off the canvas, that dude was a rowdy motherfucker who didn't. Who I know him. his I know his story. Yes, but like I was like, oh, okay. He was a hell of a fighter. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a killer dude all the way around. And the best part too, like I love. I just love his attitude about life. I mean, literally, like you're probably hard pressed to find a more racist time in American history. And yeah. he was black world heavyweight champ, and he doesn't give mm-hmm. about nothing. He dates exclusively white women. He moves into white. Girls. He's like, do something about it. What are you gonna do? And look, they they managed to screw up his life pretty royal in the long run. Yeah. Nobody legitimately ever beat the man. Not And nobody even tried to touch him out of the ring in terms of, like, physically. I mean, he was he was a hard-ass, hard-charging fighter, and he had hella skills, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had different uh, fighters besides Tyson. I've also been famous in mine. Like, the, the Fabulous Four in the 80s are my favorites. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, uh, Roberto Duran, and... Uh, um, Marvin Hagler, Marvelous Marvin. I love those guys. I love those fights, and they were like badasses, man. So, like, any one of them would beat the shit out of Floyd Mayweather. Oh, living the living shit out of Floyd Mayweather. So, well, that's the biggest problem with boxing though, overall. Is like you've got too many weight classes now, and I mean, it's just I was we were talking with Phil, like you know, our buddy back at, at Bo's years ago. Mm-hmm. He told me that. There's something like 56, 72 world champs because of all the different weight classes and governing bodies. So it's like, 
I mean, how the hell are you supposed to keep that stuff straight? I mean, at least with MMA, if you're going to say UFC, pretty easy to tell who the world champs are, and there's only a handful of categories. True. Okay, so uh, actually I'm looking at um, a clock now. I actually have a certain thing I have to do by a certain time. So we're going to do the next few rapid fire, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Okay? Cool. All right, so actually one I do want to do lengthy. Uh, do you have, did you have a favorite teacher in school? Yeah, I had a favorite teacher. <laughs> oh yeah, I know your favorite teacher. Yeah, uh, but uh, my favorite teacher—I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this on the air. Uh, do you know Jack Wingard? Did I tell you about that? No, huh? I don't think so. Okay, so my um, when I was a senior, when I was a senior, my algebra teacher was a guy named Jack Wingard. He's one of those like Michelle Pfeiffer, Dangerous Minds type white teachers. I'm going to come to the inner city and you know make a difference. Didn't last long. Uh, so he was a horrible teacher. Uh, like pretty much the average uh, grade for everybody in class is a C uh, when he was teaching. Uh, like everybody was C and below, not C and above, C and below. And uh, then one day he and his wife decided they were going to have a divorce. And that was the first time I ever seen an adult male literally just say, you know what? Fuck it. Like, after that, his demeanor completely changed. Like, freaking, like he would like he like like we would have tests and he would like write the answers on the board and like okay you know what so just you see the answers on the board just write them on the thing in your hand. So he did that shit and then the funniest story well one of the funniest stories with him was uh, when we were uh, like there was one day we were, like we we would have like a, a I think the Glee Club and one of the other clubs had like a cookie cart that would come out of classrooms and would sell cookies and shit you know so they were really good. So I was up, I was up in the front of the class getting some cookies and shit, and then the fire alarm goes off, and he starts tripping. Everyone's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Everybody, everybody looking at him like it's a fire drill. Chill out. And then like he see me with the cookies, like, like he said this loud, "Fuck them cookies, man! We're gonna die!" And he ran out. And we just sitting there like I'm sitting there with the cookies in my hand. The whole class laughing. I'm dying laughing at this fool. So I'm, I'm looking at him like, okay, so. Uh, I actually took charge. I was like, okay, I think we need to go outside for this fire drill shit. So, <laughs> so I got the class, all those went out to the, uh, I guess, the little prairie grounds or whatever. We went out there, all the classes are with their teachers and send the file order. We just all over the place. We just been chilling in that little spot or whatever. And the principal would do roll call during the fire drill. And then, like, we sitting there, like, what's your teacher like? So. <laughs> <laughs> and then we sit there chilling for a couple minutes, and then this motherfucker comes running around the side of the building. Just like, oh, oh okay, it's just a fire drill, okay. And then we pissed off at him, like, motherfucker, you left us to die. You legit, it was just a fire drill, but if this was a real fire, you legit left us to die. I, oh, come on, man, don't be like that. He was like that. Come on, don't be like that. Don't be like that. You did. And we cracked. And we just cracked out on the rest of the day because of that shit. Like you left us to die, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he just straight left us, bro. It was crazy. Okay, and then another day was uh, also in high school. Uh, for some reason, I had to take this class called Study Hall. It's like a prerequisite in order to graduate. Uh, I pretty much had all the shit to pass except for this one goddamn class. And uh, it, but it was. Probably the dopest class I ever had because it, it, it turned out to be me and my best friend. 
So all we did was just go around and like we were just chilling in different parts of the school. We can't leave school, so we just chilling in different parts of the school. Uh, let uh, and then the teacher was my coach, a football coach. So he's just like, "Hey, uh, was like Coach Bailey, we here? Like, all right, just chill out, and don't get in trouble." All right, cool. So we just <laughs> so we just did that for about it'd be like a thirty or like an hour, thirty minute class or whatever. So one day we sit outside, me and my best friend chilling, watching the girls play volleyball or some shit like that, and like you know commenting on you know who I would like to fuck you and like fuck. And then here comes Jack. It's like eleven o'clock in the it's like eleven o'clock in the morning. He just not getting to class, and like he was telling, "Hey, what's happening, fellas? How y'all doing? Like, we we good, Mister Wingard? Ooh. Oh man, it's been a long night, man. Y'all might have a smoke, dude. Like he just started smoking cigarette. Like <laughs> we're on campus now. Like we're right in front of the fucking boys' locker room. Like, like he's like, yeah, yeah, sure y'all want that? Like, and he's telling us this story about him trying to pick up drunk, how to pick up drunk chicks in this place called Shogun. It was like a Japanese, like one of those, like, uh, it's like kind of like a Benihana. Yeah. Like Montgomery. And he's telling, like, hey man, what you do is you wait till they get drunk, then you get on. You know what I'm like, he was just trying to explain to us how you get on drunk chicks. And then he was explaining to us that he actually uh, left his car in the woods so his wife wouldn't get him in the divorce. <laughs> Yeah, what you do is you hide in the woods. That way that bitch can't get it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he said that just going off on this random shit. We sitting there just chilling, listening to the shit. And then finally he's like, well, I guess I gotta go do this shit. He's like, talk, like, you gotta go do your job. <laughs> I was like, all right, uh, you have a good day, Mr. Boy. Oh, call me Jack. He's treating you like it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was cool. Probably the coolest teacher we had there. And then he went into class and shit. And then, like, apparently after I graduated, the Tom Fulbury continued. He actually stayed there at least another year. Mm. I don't know how the fuck he did. He really did not give a fuck. I don't know how the hell he was fired. But he stayed there for another year. Apparently he dressed up as one of the Yin Yang twins for Halloween. And he got his ass kicked by one of the, by one of the students. <laughs> Dude, I was dying laughing when I heard that shit, man. And then last I heard, my best friend told me he saw him at like a Popeye's chicken and some like cut off shorts, like be tripping about some chicken that he, he would be, be getting. I ordered a side piece of whatever the fuck. He like he only got four pieces or some shit like that. He was tripping. And that was the last time anybody heard from him. That was like shit, at least ten years ago. <laughs> uh- yeah, I mean, that's a lot funny. I, I was going to say, I mean, I've got a couple of really, really great teachers that did some uh, awesome stuff for me. Uh, obviously, we always talk about Tom Mankiewicz. He was a great teacher uh, since passed away. Carolyn Stevens was probably one of the best, if not the best business teacher I ever had. But, man, I ain't got nothing to get. <laughs> I mean, I was just, it was, it was, it was boring comparatively. <laughs> Jack was a G, bro. Jack was a G. closest thing I had, and it was just uh, it was just disturbing. Was uh, we had this uh, my eleventh grade English teacher. She was going through um, through menopause, and I think she might have had a divorce or something happening too. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of days where she just like hijacked like the hour long class, and she started going on and on and on. Or maybe it's tenth grade. I don't remember for sure, but she kept going on and on and on about. Um, her menstrual cycle and like it got graphic really quick. 
horrible for a bunch of teenage boys in the class. But I mean, that ain't, that doesn't come close to what you get into. That's, that's still pretty fucking gross, though. <laughs> Everybody's got it. That's fine. You gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah. you know, we don't. If you have diarrhea, you don't come into the class and describe it in detail. I mean, you're there to teach, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you gotta teach, right? <laughs> I, that's what I was told. That's why. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, now, now we got to do the rapid fire shit. Okay. So this is this only one with a few of them. All right. So, uh, uh, favorite drink, alcoholic. Alcoholic? Whiskey. At least 12 years old. Single malt. Same thing. Elijah uh, Craig, whiskey, and Coke. Uh, favorite cereal. Favorite? Man, that's a hard one. There's a lot of good ones. I'm going to go with Golden Crisp. Uh, lucky Charles for me. Uh, favorite grade in school? Ever. Oh, you mean like? Uh, no, like yeah, like yeah, like what grade was your favorite? The best. Say that again. Grad school, the best. True. All that stuff was just bullshit, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, kindergarten was the shit, man. Kindergarten was good. Kindergarten was the shit. Well, okay. Drink uh, yeah. cigars when you're in kindergarten. I should have been. <laughs> All right, uh, favorite soda? Diet Dr. Pepper. Regular Dr. Pepper. That used to be mine, but I don't have that choice anymore. <laughs> gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, uh, favorite type of cookie? My mom's chocolate chip cookies. Okay. All time favorite commercial? Wait, you didn't do your cookie? Oh, did I'm sorry. I'm chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Okay, sorry. All right. Uh, All-time favorite commercial? Uh, honestly, I, the one that sticks with me the most is probably the uh, uh, 1984 Apple commercial. Oh, yeah, with the girl and then the smashing. The, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Uh, mine was a shift from the 90s, Crossfire, the video, the game. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Too. Crossfire! You get caught up in a crossfire. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, badass white kids with leather gloves and fucking leather jackets and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the thing. Crossfire. You get caught up in a crossfire. <laughs> <laughs> um. What is your favorite quote, uh, your, your favorite entertainment-related quote? Entertainment-related quote? No. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a Tom Mankiewicz quote. Uh, super simple. Movie making is a team sport. If you want to be an autocrat, go write a novel. My favorite one is uh, from Steve Martin, uh, and, this, and it helps me with auditioning. Be so good that they can't ignore you. That's a good one, too. I like that. It's a very good one, yeah. And also, another one I love is from uh, Wendy McClendon Covey from the Goldbergs. Uh, I actually heard this on the podcast, too. Uh, casting directors do not know what they want until you show them. It's true. Very true. Uh, okay, so uh, real quick, favorite cartoon ever? Favorite cartoon ever? Yeah. Mm, probably going to have to go with South Park now. Okay, uh, X-Men, the animated series. All right, one more with that one. Favorite Looney Tunes character? Oh, that's easy. Taz. Bugs. That's my guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
That's basically it, man. I got I gotta head out in a second. Uh, but uh, we really hope you folks have enjoyed this uh, us playing favors. We've enjoyed it. This is fun. Well, and it's getting dark enough now. We definitely got to end it because I'm just in silhouette. <laughs> exactly. So, and I'm already dark. So there's that. But anyway, uh, like I said, we hope you guys have enjoyed this show. We're gonna come at you next week with some other uh, fun pop culture type stuff. But this has been dropping that culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. And I'm AJ. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> next dropping time. that culture. Dropping that culture. Dropping that culture. Dropping that coach. 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 Dropping that coach.